I already think the Nets are at number one simply because of Blake Griffin. People are underestimating the value that Blake Griffin will bring to the Nets. The thing about the Sixers that I like over the Nets is their defense. Ben Simmons is my favorite for defensive player of the year right now. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this new episode of the Lake and the Bay podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Robert. I'm your other co-host, Jonathan. Today, we are going to be talking about our NBA standings prediction. We're recording this during the All-Star break, which is about the halfway point of the season. We've been able to see a lot of their teams and uh, how good they've been performing so far this season. But um, there's still a lot of time left and a lot of things that can change in the standings. So um, Robert and I have made a list that we did have a few disagreements here and there. And... We'll be talking about where we think each team in the Eastern Conference will be in the standings. And we're going to be talking about the Western Conference in later episodes, so also continue to keep an eye out for that. But just for today, we're going to be focusing on the East and the East. So I will be reading from the bottom of the list, starting from team number 15 all the way to team number 9. These will be the teams that are not going to make the playoffs according to our predictions. And Jonathan will read teams number eight to one, the teams that we have predicted that will be in the playoffs. Starting from number 15, start with the Detroit Pistons. Looking at the Pistons, I think that uh, they have one of the worst rosters in the NBA. But they do have some promising young players. Jeremy Grant uh, has been playing amazing, averaging like 23 points a game, being the number one option. I think he's a candidate for most improved player. But other than that, um, there are only a few promising young players and some decent veterans. Nothing good enough to um, help the Pistons make the playoffs this year. I think the Pistons are at the locking for 15. Maybe next year they'll get better with some new acquisitions, but right now they're at number 15. All right, let's move to number 14, and that's the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic have had a really tough year just because of all the injuries, uh, starting with Jonathan Isaac at the beginning of the year, then Markel Fultz, then Aaron Gordon. So right now, their only really good player still healthy is Nikola Vucevic, and it looks like he might get traded this year just because of direction that this Orlando Magic team is going on. So yeah, I think the Magic will finish pretty low in the standings, but they have a very promising future once all their um, guys come back healthy. And I totally agree that the Magic should trade Vucevic just because his value is so high right now. He got elected to another all-star appearance. Right now, the Magic, they want young players, they want new acquisitions. Their best bet is to try to get as many draft picks, as many young players as they can, and they have to trade Vucevic in order to get that. Number 13, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is an interesting one. Let's talk about it. Yeah, the Cavs at the beginning of the season actually looked very, very promising. Uh, they were going to make a top eight seed, it looked like, but um, they started to fall off recently. Colin Sexton has still been... Uh, a very good offensive player, but he is pretty inconsistent. Jarius Garland has been pretty good as well, but he was hurt for a decent amount. With the acquisition of Jarrett Allen, they now have a pretty good young big three to build around for the future, along with rookie Isaac Okoro. But with Andre Drummond and Kevin Love, two veterans who just don't look like they want to be there, um, that's kind of cast a shadow over this season. And the Cavs, um, I don't think they'll be able to improve. All right, let's move on to number 12, Atlanta Hawks. This was a team that Robert and I kind of 
earmarked at the beginning of the season because of all of the weird moves they made in free agency. Uh, and it looked like at the beginning they were also on track to make the playoffs, but it's a lot of injuries and then a lot of losing that caused the front office to fire their head coach. It looks like the Hawks might go into a free fall. They still have uh, guys like Trey Young and Clint Capella and John Collins to keep them afloat. But with all the trade rumors as well, it's going to be hard to see the Hawks making the playoffs. I think that Trey Young needs more surrounding players around him. Right now, they're kind of in a disagreement about who should be starting in that small forward slash shooting guard position. Got a lot of players trying to fight for that spot. One of them needs to go. They need to get some more new players. And yeah, I think next year, the Hawks will be looking better. But this year, no, number 12 is where they belong. Number 11 is the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls have been pretty surprising slash decent team this year opposed to previous years where they've been at the top of the lottery each and every year. Uh, Zach Levine is a first-time NBA All-Star and he's been playing a lot more efficiently as a scorer, as a playmaker, and even as a defender as well. He's been leading this team pretty well, but they have had some injuries and um, their roster isn't as talented as some other teams. I think they'll just barely miss the play-in spot. Another player on the Bulls I think is worth highlighting is Thaddeus Young. Whether or not the Bulls will trade him to a contender is also a factor in how well the Bulls will play next season. All right, moving on to number 10, we have the Washington Wizards. Yeah, the Wizards have been a very interesting team this year just because they started off so slow, but they've been picking it up recently. Um, with guys like Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook on your team, it's hard to see them not being competitive rest of the year so i think that they'll be able to sneak into the play-in spot and maybe sneak into a, a playoff spot after the play-in tournament and maybe make some noise in the first round personally don't have that much to say about the wizards so we're just going to jump to number nine will be the charlotte hornets i've watched a few hornets games this year because they've played the warriors a couple times i love the charlotte hornets team uh, i was a huge fan of the gordon hayward signing and right now he's been playing like a fringe all-star being the leading scorer on that team of course, you can't not talk about LaMelo Ball and the Hornets. He's front runner for Rookie of the Year right now. He plays with so much flair, so much uh, savviness. Uh, he's so magical with the ball in his hands. Uh, it's just hard uh, to not like this Hornets team. And I'm very excited for the future of this Hornets team. Even Michael Jordan himself said he was very surprised at the way LaMelo Ball was playing, that nobody, even him, could have expected a high level of performance to get a compliment like that from michael jordan says a lot about the team's owner confidence in his team now we're going to get into the exciting part which is the teams that make the playoffs yeah i just want to kind of mention that with the new playoff format this year there's going to be a play-in tournament for the seven through ten seeds it's possible that the nine seed or the ten seed that we mentioned the horns or the wizards they could sneak into the playoffs but number eight, we have the Toronto Raptors. I think the Raptors are definitely not as good as the team they were last year. They have Serge Ibaka and Marcus So. This year, in return, they got Alex Len, who's playing horrible. But they still have Fred Lee, Kyle Lowry, and Chris Boucher is also still playing well. I think Raptors at eight and against the Hornets at a play-in is something that is very predictable. I think the main thing is just looking at whether or not Kyle Lowry is going to get traded, but I think the eighth seed is a good spot for the Raptors, even if they don't. Let's move on to the number seven seed, which is the Indiana Pacers. 
Indiana Pacers. Bonus is playing so great this season, 2010 and 5, meaning points a game, at least 10 rebounds per game, and at least 5 assists per game. Still have Brogdon, terrific. And you have a potential Karis Liver return, which is only going to strengthen their bench even more. Once Karis Liver and TJ Warren come back,、uh, that will、uh, strengthen that team a lot. They're going to be a very tough first round team to play against. Number six, let's move on to the New York Knicks. Number one, I think Julius r a n d l e is obviously having an amazing year. Like we said earlier, at least 2010 and 5 season, the way that Thibodeau is playing him so much only allows him more opportunities to put up more numbers. Number two, I think he has a great teammate in RJ Barrett. Their team chemistry this season has been improving from the start of the season to now. RJ Barrett is getting tons of assists off Julius r a n d l e and they're both great defensive players as well. I think that the Knicks have been such a good surprise this year, just how good their defense is. The rise of Julius Randle being a first time All Star, RJ Barrett looking like、uh, that top three pick、um, from 2019 that he was supposed to be. I think the Knicks are going to be a, also a tough team in the first round to play against. And with that, we'll just jump straight into the Celtics. Jonathan, I'll let you explain why Celtics are at the position you place them at. Yeah, I put the Celtics at five、um, because I think that once Marcus Smart comes back, that,、um, they are going to be able to regain that contender form we saw last year. Also, there have been some rumors that the Celtics want to trade for、uh, Nikola Vucevic or Jeremy Grant. With Kemba Walker playing well again, with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum being all stars, I think the Celtics will still be a contender.、Uh, they have faltered a little bit in the regular season, so I think I have them at five. I mean, if Boston Celtics are able to pull off the trade without giving away either Kemba Walker, then I definitely think they're above the Knicks. But yeah, Brown's having a career high season. Walker is back to form. I agree with him. Let's move on to number four. We have the Miami Heat. Robert, what do you have to say about them? I'm surprised how the Heat have worked their way up from being one of the worst teams with Jimmy Butler out in the beginning of the season. Now, where they are. Really in the playoff hunt, trying to move up in the standings. The reason why they're at four is because Jimmy Butler is just going to continue pushing his team forward. He was out for a big amount of time in the beginning of the season. I think just with Jimmy Butler's personality, he must feel at least a little bad for missing that much time. He's going to try all he can, all his willpower, hope to put his team at one of the top spots. Just the kind of person Jimmy Butler is. Also, Bam Adebayo, people are forgetting about him. There's not a lot of coverage in the news about Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is still an amazing player with Jimmy Butler passing him the ball, with Jimmy Butler kicking the ball out to Tyra Hero, Duncan Robinson. They're still a great team. And at the number three seed, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, so something to mention about the top three teams. I believe can move up or down with any of these three teams. Have the Bucks be the first seed, the second seed, or the third seed? They are right now. With the two teams that we haven't mentioned yet, I think we know why the Bucks are at number three. Those two teams are simply better than the Bucks right now. I kind of agree that they're all interchangeable, but I do think the Bucks、um, being at number three is a good spot. Have former two-time MVP Giannis, who's just been playing, always does. You have Chris Middleton, who's playing a fifty-forty-ninety with five rebounds and five assists a game. Drew Holiday, who's a great defender, great playmaker, really steady presence at the point guard position. A pretty experienced、um, group of guys on the bench. The Bucks are as good as anyone in the East, but obviously their whole problem is just whether or not they can win the playoffs. So we'll just have to see about that.
whole problem is that those two teams that are at number one and number two just have more valuable pieces than the Bucks do. With that being said, is there number two? Number two team maybe is a bit of a surprise to some people, but for me, it's not a surprise at all. It's the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of people may say they're at number one, and maybe that is true that, that they're the best team in the East, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the number one seed. With them just adding Blake Griffin, which is a huge signing, but there are going to be growing pains. Team chemistry is a tangible thing. Like It's going to take time for them to be able to mesh on the court. I don't think that the Nets will be trying as hard as they can to make the one seed, but I think they'll be able to stay at the two seed just because of their talent. First of all, I'm going to boycott the NBA if somehow the Nets do get Andre Drummond. <laughs> but with that being said, I already think the Nets are at number one simply because of Blake Griffin. People are underestimating the value that Blake Griffin will bring to the Nets. Now he's on the team. He knows that his value is going to be immensely important. And he's going to deliver all he can to the table to try to get his first ring. And finally, at the number one seed, we have the Philadelphia 76ers. 76ers are my number two team. I think what Jonathan said about the Nets was true, about their big three being prone to injuries. But the 76ers are also prone to injuries. Joel Embiid, he's prone to injuries. And Simmons, also prone to injury. I think that the Nets just have more surrounding pieces. Kind of agree with what you're saying about how the Sixers have some injury-prone players too, but the thing for me is just like, who's going to try harder for the number one seed? In my mind, I think it's the Sixers. They have a lot more to prove than the Nets do. I think everyone's kind of just already brushing the Nets off as the favorite, but the Sixers are up and coming, even though they're the number one team in the East right now. You have Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris, who have been a really great big three, and they've been fitting together very well. The thing about the Sixers that I like over the Nets is their defense. Joel Embiid is an elite defender. Ben Simmons is my favorite for defensive player of the year right now. Tobias Harris is solid. Um, Danny Green is a good perimeter defender. Dwight Howard is a good rim protector as well. Like You got a lot of defenders on that team, whereas the Nets don't have that many good defenders, and they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. Because the Sixers have or drive to get the number one seed to get home court advantage, I think the Sixers will be the number one team in the East, uh, standings-wise. But there's no doubt in my mind that what Robert said was correct, that the Brooklyn Nets are, talent-wise, the best team in the East. And they're going to be the favorites to get out of the East and go to the finals. So that wraps up our episode on the Lake in the Bay podcast about our Eastern Conference standings predictions. Look out for our next episode about the Western Conference. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.